0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee?
0: And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It is noon. It is Thursday. It is time for wolfing down your lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron?
2: Do we have anything to talk about, guys? Yeah,
0: maybe. I can't think of anything, but maybe you can.
2: So the Phoenix Suns started the Kevin Durant era with a win over the Hornets last night. So how did it feel for KD? Here he was on Valley Sports after the game.
3: Yeah, a lot of nerves. I done played in almost a thousand basketball games, but <laughs> today, I was,
1: uh, today I was nervous. You know, it was it's a new team, new group. I want to do well. I want to play hard for them and, and be coachable. So I was thinking about all of that today, but once the ball was tipped, my teammates were incredible and making me comfortable, and I just tried to go out there and play my game.
2: So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, how would you assess your expectations for Kevin Durant's debut after he plays? So your choices: he exceeded them, he met them, or he failed to meet them.
0: Exceeded. Well, I'll say he met them, and his entire career has been meeting them pretty much every game. No, so he ex- I'll say he met them. Okay. Are you done? Uh, well, just that it's okay. a testament to his consistency. I think he's going to continue to meet them every single game. Now go ahead.
1: For me, he exceeded my expectation, and the reason being is because of the defensive end again. Watching how he impacted not just the game himself, but on the defensive end, everybody else around him. And maybe it was because Josh Akogi was out there as well. Because this guy is laugh-out-loud funny to watch on the defensive end. I loved the way the Phoenix Suns, the first six minutes of this game, the way they played on the defensive end of the floor, was awesome. Loved it.
2: I mean... It was exceeded from Wolf because he didn't believe what we were trying to tell him back in June.
0: I was so True. wrong, Bay I was. I was wrong. But your mind's going to be blown when he puts up 45 in a game here at some point.
2: So 72% said he met them, 25% say he exceeded them, and 3% said he failed to meet them. The
0: 3%? Is that Kyrie voting over Honestly, over? <laughs>
3: it's probably Luca. I'm not sure.
2: That's good. So Kevin Durant had 23 points on 10 of 15. Shooting in his debut, while Devin Booker dropped 37 points last night. So, how did it feel for Book to play alongside KD?
3: Oh, uh, was a good time. Um,
4: you know, I enjoyed it. You know, Kev's somebody that I have high respect for, and you know, it's one of those moments that you know it doesn't really feel real. I'm gonna take it day by day. And, you know, just watching him from a little bit closer. I can't say it far no more, but you know, it just brings the best out of everybody.
2: We knew that this duo could be dangerous. But just how dangerous can the duo of KD and Book really be?
0: I don't think we're going to know until the playoffs, honestly. I I think what we saw last night, Booker goes off for 37. KD, not quiet 23, but for him, 23 is a little bit low because he didn't play a whole lot. I mean, that feels like the baseline. There are going to be nights where Booker has 25 and KD has 40. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's that's the reality of the situation now. Just the last two cuts you played of Devin Booker right
1: there and, of course, Kevin Durant and what KD was talking about, being nervous. The, 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 the humility from both of these guys. On those two cuts, we had had to go ahead and rip those and put them back to back because this is why I'm getting so jacked up. It's, It's the humility. These guys are some of the best of the best, and everybody knows it on the planet, and yet their humility is what will compel them and propel them forward as a duo. Oh, I'm so jacked up about the possibilities between these two guys.
2: He was on a minutes restriction last night and monty williams was asked if durant will play during the rest of the road trip
1: we'll see i don't, don't want to get too far ahead but we'll see we'll see how he responded tonight
0: but i don't foresee any hiccups but i, I just don't know just yet
2: do you think katie will play tomorrow night
0: yeah I yeah do. i think so i i they have two back-to-backs left this season. One of them is Golden State, and Milwaukee. So I'm assuming he's going to play in both those because it's Golden State and Milwaukee. And look, what they got—nineteen games left now. I mean, he may sit like the last game of the season, maybe the last two or something. that. For the most part, yeah, I, I assume he's going to play. Yeah, so do I. That's sort of what it sounded like for Monty too. He was talking more about minutes than actually like if he's going to play or not. Yeah,
1: I think Monty too is just being cautious right there. We'll see. We'll see how he is we'll tomorrow. See.
0: He's not skipping steps. We'll see.
2: I mean, it was kind of a bummer when there was, I think, four minutes left in the fourth quarter last night. And KD had his hoodie on. And I was like, no, don't tell me it's over. (laughs) And then two minutes to go. Let's go. KD back in,
3: guys.
2: (laughs) So the Arizona Cardinals posted one of the worst GPAs in the league when looking at the NFLPA's report card released yesterday. So of the eight categories that were surveyed, Arizona received failing grades in five of them. Treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, training room, and locker room. Should this stuff really matter to guys?
1: It does matter to guys. It's not about should it matter to guys. It actually does matter to players that are out there. So
2: the players that it does matter to, what's the message you have for them, Wolf?
1: <laughs> I don't have enough time right now. I was going to say, now. we only have just, two hours
0: left in the show. I,
1: it's okay. It does. It, it matters to people today. I... It drives me crazy, though, because I knew so many guys that had to have the stars aligned for them to actually go out and play. Just go out and do your job, and so much of this is ancillary to you being on the field and busting it, and that's what drives me crazy. Yet at the same time, I am willing to acknowledge to players today, Basin Onions, this stuff matters and that's why the Arizona Cardinals are going
0: to have to address it. Yeah, look, if I if I was running a team I would want to know what 1,300 players around the league think of, of my facilities and, and all these different – I think it's a useful tool. If we're doing this in 10 years and the Cardinals are still down here in all these categories, all right, it might be an issue. Uh, but I, I would just – I would I would throw out the reminder this is relative to other NFL teams. It's not like they don't have a gym. It's not like they, they have, like, three dumbbells or something. It's It's just relative to other NFL teams. It's all state-of-the-art.
1: And the only other thing I would add as well is just the fact that you're talking about being in the fourth year of Cliff Kingsbury and and what was going on. Again, Cliff Kingsbury, you know I'm a fan of Cliff. I'm a fan of Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I think we're going to look back and, and marvel at the fact he won 11 games when we realized what he was dealing with on a regular basis. So because of that, um, I, I just think four years of one era – one regime and now you've got a culture shift going on in the organization from top to bottom i think this is going to solve a lot of the issues going forward we'll see
2: we'll see so speaking of that cultural shift jonathan gannon at the nfl combine said yesterday he will not force guys to play a certain way as long as they do their job.
4: That's the part about being adaptable you hear me talk about just because I like to play a certain way if it doesn't fit with how that guy likes to play a certain way or how he likes to play and get what we need to get done within the defense um, then we'll allow him to do that and uh, you know the thing that I talk about with our players and a lot of them have heard me say this already even though we haven't had our first team meeting but you know both offense defense special teams like there's a canvas and it's their canvas and you can use all the tools and colors that you want as long as you're within that canvas but you got to stay within the canvas so that'll be a cool thing for our guys to realize hey it's not our way or the highway they'll have some autonomy to to say hey i'd rather play like this and we'll allow them as long as they can get what we're asking them done
2: your reaction to that
0: He just continues to say things that I feel like you scripted for him, Wolf. (laughs) When this guy talks, I'm like, wait, is this like, is this some sort of fight club situation where this is like Wolf's alter ego? This is kind of like raising kids
1: right here. You know what? Kids need parameters. They need to know the rules. They need to know what is going on. What is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Right, parents? That's what they need to know. And they need to know here's the paradigm. Here's the circle. All of the edges you need to know the rules but everything inside of those edges it's all yours and that's when a kid flourishes the most when he knows the boundaries knows the rules and then inside that's all his that's what he's talking about with the canvas and painting you gotta stay within that canvas
0: but you know what Everything inside that canvas is all you. I love it. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. When we come back, what did Ann Myers Drysdale think of last night's debut for Kevin Durant and his son's uniform? The Hall of Famer joins us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> all right, welcome back to the show here on this Thursday afternoon. One game of the Kevin Durant on the Phoenix Suns era in the books. It was a pretty fun one last night. And, of course, the Hall of Famer Ann Myers-Drysdale was on the call. She joins us now on the Arizona Sports Line, And uh, thank you for the time. Uh, let's just start with how you're doing and what did you think of last night?
3: Uh, it was so much fun, so exciting. I mean, I couldn't believe the. I'm kind of glad that it was in Charlotte and uh, was not a national game and uh, didn't open at home because there was still a lot of media there, even with his pregame warm-up and everything. But uh, the excitement was not lost on anybody in the arena.
1: Annie, what was the most impressive thing about Kevin Durant being on the floor other than just Kevin Durant being on
3: the floor? (laughs) Well, he's so smooth. I mean, his just his game is smooth, and uh, the one thing that to me that makes him great is that he makes other players better, and he raises their level. And you can hear it from the players themselves, whether it's book or or CP3 or Aiton or you know anybody on the team, and they just say, "You want to play as well as he does," and yet he has that attitude about himself. When he says, "I," you know, he was nervous last night. Yeah. And uh, he hadn't played in a while, and he's like a little kid getting back on the court. And his, his safe ground is the court. And being around the game, it's, if he didn't have to do another interview, he'd be happy. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but, you know, he plays so well, and, and just everybody wants to play up to his level. But, you know, people keep saying, and it's frustrating to hear this saying, his defense is underrated. Yeah. And it's, it's not. His defense is awesome. <laughs> and uh, he plays both ends of the floor, just as any player in this game should be playing. And I think what's happened in today's game is that everybody gets so caught up on the offense. But um, what he does on the defensive end, just his presence alone and his ability to communicate with his teammates is is it's been
0: spectacular. We're talking to Ann Myers Drysdale, uh, and you've you've been around a lot of great basketball. You've played a lot of great basketball. One of the things that has been impressive about Kevin Durant his whole career, and now we're seeing it firsthand, is just the humility that he speaks with. And I I, say, I would say Devin Booker has that same quality, but that's that's not really all that common when you're talking about all time greats, is it? Uh, I have a tendency to
3: agree with majority of that. Uh, not always, and uh, but it is. And, and what's hard today because of social media and so much media attention and so many outlets that people will say to somebody like that, "Oh, you're so humble." Oh, you know. But it's hard when somebody's being interviewed that has accomplished great things, and uh, whatever they do, and the people doing the interviews try to get something out of them that they're not. That. That person, and uh, so it it becomes uncomfortable talking to people that that try to get something out of you that is not who you are. And, um, and you're right. He is humble. And he comes from humble beginnings with his mother and uh, how close he is. And, you know, like K. Ray said last night, you know, he went to a high school basketball game. He loves the game. And, uh, you know, Book talked about watching basketball on TV with him. And, uh, you know, he just wants to be around the game.
1: Annie, was there, was there anything that surprised you, whether it was KD and, and how he was playing, some of the things that he may have done while he was competing, or his impact? on everybody else, the entire team. Was there anything that surprised you a little bit from what you saw last night?
3: Well, defensively for me, I mean, he just opens up the floor for everybody. And uh, we talked about it, too, on, on the broadcast last night that the spacing is unbelievable. You can't double-team Aiton. You can't double-team Book. Uh, you cannot double-team Chris. And, uh, because of his ability to, with his length too. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that block shot on Smith was from the side and, and I think, uh, Kevin had come back into the game and I don't think his legs were really under him. But that's not going to happen too often where somebody can block Katie's shot from the outside. But I just think defensively he, cre- he'll create steals like CP3 had, Two steals last night, which again he people don't give him enough credit on his defensive end. And uh, but he came up with a couple of steals. And when you're going inside as an offensive player, and you see somebody with you know seven footer and those long arms that KD has. And it's going to create opportunities for his teammates on the defensive end. Talking
0: to Ann Myers drysdale Okay, so I mean, you know the point guard position. You bring up CP three. How much does just Kevin Durant's presence in your mind help him and take some of the pressure off him as a scorer? And at the same time, he has a very important job because he had to distribute the ball all over the place on a on a relatively new team last night.
3: Well, and I thought the offense was. Uh, You know, it it had some hiccups, there's no question, and it will be a a few games before, you know, things really click and and, uh, you're reading everybody's cuts and so forth to the basket and the screens. And uh, certainly, I, I think Chris, you know, he had 11 assists, and even though his shot wasn't falling, I thought he had good shots. You know, they were in and out. And uh, same thing with Okoge. I mean, he didn't hit a shot, but, you know, they're just so active and stats don't always show what a player does on the floor. And uh, certainly I think uh, having Kevin out on the wing he helps CP and uh, he gets the ball to them and they can start the offense with he or, or book. And uh, I think that um, it j- he's not going to be double teamed. He's, you're going to get you get the screen and roll with him. You're going to get uh, not just dives to the basket, but also the pick and pop, and uh, and that opens things up for Da.
1: Yeah. So you know what, Annie, on on the heels of what you just said right there, I'm going to ask you the producer question we're all wrestling with right now, and it's a good one. I might add, <laughs> who do you think benefits the most? What player for the Suns benefits the most from KD being on the floor?
3: Oh, my goodness. What a good question. (laughs) Right. See, Eddie, that's what I was
1: saying. And yet the producers are walking around and they're looking at you like, you must answer this question right here or you are a loser. That was your question.
3: (laughs) <laughs> it's a good question, but I just—it's everybody. It's—it's it's the whole team. There's no, for me, it's everybody because of the way he just raises everybody's level to be better, and how excited they all are to play with him. And uh, I know Eddie's talked about it that he said, you know, Da, and uh, yeah. and even with Da's game last night, sixteen and sixteen, he had four assists. And uh, he just he looked like he had more space. And I, I said it on air, the offense looked different last night because in the past, uh, the high picks have come outside the three-point line for D.A. And uh, so, you know, that creates a lot of spacing to dive to the basket and so forth. But, you know, last night his picks were inside the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he was more open with his shots so spacing is so important in the spacing for everybody and it is created by KD and what he does I,
0: I gotta ask you about Josh Okogie too because you mentioned him before I mean that's that's an interesting spot to be in last night plays 33 minutes you're in a starting lineup with three certain Hall of Famers and, and maybe DA gets there some, I mean you're in a in a loaded starting lineup how important is it to have a guy like Josh that's just kind of willing to do everything else and do it enthusiastically
3: well you have to. I mean, you know, everybody talks about greatness here, there, that, but you have to have role players. And even though he you know, he struggled with his shot, I mean he does so many other things. I mean his intensity, his aggressiveness, uh he constantly goes to the offensive glass, uh, he's physical And uh, he makes it tough on on his opponent. Um, And with his aggressiveness, he comes up with steals. And he's going to look for a shot. And Book talked about it after the game last night. He said, Josh is going to get his shots. We want him to shoot the ball. He may be missing, but he's going to make shots. And uh, that was new for everybody last night. So I'm sure not just KD was nervous, but I'm sure everybody else was.
1: So Annie, my final question to you is um, Monty Williams' use of the bench last night. What did you think of it?
3: Well, he he talked about it. It's going to take a while and figure out, you know, with with KD having his uh, minutes, you know, restricted. Of course, he played in the last three minutes. And, uh, you know, it's hard to keep players on the bench. But uh, he's going to have a tough time with Ross coming back. And does Shamit come back? I don't know. But, you know, TJ got in there last night. And... uh, certainly Wainwright, and you'd like to see campaign give Paul a little bit more rest. And, uh, but, you know, that, that's going to be the adjustment for him and, and how he deals with the rotations and giving players minutes. And nobody really got in foul trouble. Of course, VA had, you know, fouls, but it wasn't so much about the foul trouble situation. Jock came in and played really well. And then there's going to be times where busy comes in. So I, I thought the bench was terrific. I've, I've heard a lot of comments saying that, well, their bench isn't that good. They haven't proven it. Well, they've proven it all year long. The bench has been pretty successful for the, the Suns this season. So um, it's it's a challenge for Monty and he has said that, you know, matchups are gonna be important as far as who they're playing and and maybe he changes things up. So the game dictates how you rotate.
0: Well, Ann, you were great on the call last night as always. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you, Annie.
3: Thanks, guys. Miss Arizona, it's cold here in Chicago. Fair enough. That's that's the
0: Hall of Famer, Ann myers Drysdale, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. You can text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back, we'll flip back to the Combine, which is going on this week. Are the Cardinals hoping to get out of this? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right, it doesn't feel like it right now because of everything going on with the Suns, but we do have the NFL Combine going on this uh, this week and Monty Austin Ford is obviously there. He's, uh, he's been talking. I uh, talked uh, earlier this week about how draft prep has been going for the Cardinals. A couple weeks ago we had a
4: chance to to meet with our pro staff and go through our unrestricted free agency meetings. It was a great week. Um, uh, just going through our evaluations of the players. You know, There will be further discussions uh, happening here in the, in the coming weeks of just where uh, you know where there might be availability for us to add players and again I'll go back to when, whatever's the, the best to to improve the team to improve depth improve competition we're going to look to do that um, but knowing that obviously we can't go out and, and pay everybody there's 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 rules and everybody's faced with the same issues um, so we're gonna we're gonna make decisions that are best for the team where we can where we can improve and add depth.
1: Boy, when I listen to Monty Asenfort right there, the only thing I can think of, Basin audience, is going out and getting pros. And I was talking about this yesterday. You're not going to go out. The Arizona Cardinals, I don't think the Cardinals are going to go out and try to sign... um The likes of a J.J. Watt. That's just me. I I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to go out there and try to break the bank for one big-name player, two big-name players. I think what they're going to do is go out and get a bunch of NFL players, pros, guys that aren't going to get you beat, guys that may not actually allow you to become one of the best teams in the league, but guys that aren't going to get you beat more than anything else. This rebuild has got to start on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, but you need pros at every other position as well. I think that's what we're going to see, their approach in free agency. I could be wrong.
0: Uh, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to go out and make that type of move. Like when they went out and got J.J. Watt, and I know some people didn't love the move at the time because they were like, okay, well, this guy, you know, he's done. It turns out he wasn't done. He was pretty good for the Cardinals when he was on the field. But, um, it made more sense back then because they weren't that far off. You know, you're talking about a team that was on the rise and two years ago winning 11 games. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to condense all your resources into one player this offseason because you're not one player away. Where you're going to potentially get a star this offseason is through the draft. And honestly, You should get a star, at least one in the draft this year. He's not going to be a star probably in, you know, eight months, but you should be able to look back on this draft where you had the third overall pick and you're picking third in the second round. And there's one team already doesn't even have a first rounder, so that pick's even higher because Miami has to forfeit that pick. There's, you should get really good players this year, but they're probably coming through the draft.
1: Yeah, you you would think so. And yet again, it's a situation where you've got to be careful. If you are going to rebuild on the line of scrimmage, you have to start with the offensive line. And the reason why I say that is because you've got a franchise quarterback that is going to be coming back from an ACL. And he's probably going to be coming back midseason at some point in time. Now, when I say midseason, I mean within the season. You you don't mean week nine at halftime? Yeah, not the the middle of the season. I just mean while the season has started. So if that's the middle of September, when he comes back, so be it. But you've got to protect Kyler Murray. He's your most valuable asset. You've got to protect him. You've got to put five guys on the line of scrimmage that you are very confident in will go out and do their job. And when I think of guys like that, I think of Calvin Beacham. We were talking about this yesterday, but I do. That's the first guy I think of. A pro. A pro's pro, Calvin Beecham. Now, I, I don't know what he's going to ask. I don't know what uh, some other team might be out there looking at him saying, we'll pay you this. I don't know. But for me, a Will Hernandez and a Calvin Beecham, those guys are pros. I'd love to see them back, but you got to start on the offensive line.
0: Yeah, look, I I I get it with the with the whole with the way last season went. Let's go outside the organization for a GM because they hadn't really been doing that. You have to shake things up, right? And okay, we're going to go outside the organization for the assistant GM. Or we're going outside the organization for a head coach. Like I get it. And then even Vance is gone now. But that doesn't mean you get rid of every player from last year, too. And and you're going to put them through a rigorous screening process because you got a new GM, an assistant GM, a coach anyway. But... I'd like Kelvin Beecham back. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not buying into the whole. Well, he was part of this bad team. Well, Stoddy. it wasn't his fault. He played every week. He was like the one guy that actually was out there. So yeah, Kelvin Beecham, Zach Allen. I'd like Byron Murphy. I don't know if, if it's feasible to bring all of those guys back. If you have to pick between Zach Allen and Byron Murphy, I'm probably leaning Zach Allen. But yeah. I'd like to, uh, those guys right there in particular. I'd like to bring back. Let me ask you this: If you were Let's say you were the GM, and the owner's like, okay, I do want you to spend a good chunk, though, on one specific position. Would it be offensive line? Offensive line. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Because I'm looking at the list of free agents that are out there, and there's not... There's a reason. There's not usually a ton of great offensive linemen available in free agency. Uh, Orlando Brown is the highest rated, and uh, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. That's
1: but, but again, I, it's- you know, and that is it right there. You don't need um, Mike McGlinchey, you don't need Orlando Brown. You need guys who are pros. You don't need the best of the best. You don't need a, need a guy. Orlando Brown has all the all the ability, all the talent you could possibly want in a tackle. But coming into this season, never forget, coming into last season, I should say, uh, Orlando Brown. There were whispers going on about Orlando Brown, yeah.
0: and uh, you know the Chiefs weren't so happy with Orlando Brown. And so that would be a hey, we're going all in on one guy move, which again makes. No sense for the
1: Cardinals. No sense. It just doesn't. No, it does not. And that's, I think, going to be the theme of free agency for the Cardinals. Go out and get pros. Bring a pros pro into that locker room. Not only because that's important, but it's also a, a situation where you're protecting your quarterback. Literally, a guy who's coming back from an ACL. He needs protection. Get five offensive linemen that are really, really
0: good professionals. And maybe you get one in the draft as well. Who knows? Here's uh, Monty Ostenfort on the uniqueness of this year's draft class. I think there
4: are certain positions that are that are stronger than others. I mean, you know, as I look at it, you know, tight end is a pretty unique position this year. It looks like there's a lot of uh, quality and quantity there. I'd put that one right up there at the top of the list. Um, you know, but I, we're we're in the middle of kind of our evaluation. We went through college meetings last week and, and going through that. That's one that stands out to me right now. Tight ends. Um, there's some other positions that that uh, that do have some depth to it as well. Um, but that that's one that would probably stand
0: out to me right now. Let me say this, because I know we were talking about this last week, and Tyree Wilson's name keeps coming up now. And there's a story on ArizonaSports.com right now looking at Tyree Wilson, how he might potentially uh, – he, he, there's a quote from him in there talking about how he would like to come to Arizona and be part of the rebuild. Um, when we talked about it last week, my stance was don't overthink this, take Will Anderson. yeah. And my stance would still be that if, if Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson are your options, but he's in the conversation for me now because of everything that's going on with Jalen Carter. I mean, there's, there's a scenario where Will Anderson's off the board. I mean, there probably isn't. I guess if the Bears took Will Anderson, you would just trade the pick and get a lot because somebody would want a quarterback. But I just, to me, Tyree Wilson's in the conversation now. Um,
1: I think you're right. Uh, he is in the conversation right now because of Jalen Carter and what is going on with Jalen Carter. Yeah, although he denies, flat out denies everything that happened. You, you cannot, you, you you cannot measure with human hands how important that is to this entire story right now. That he is saying he has no question in his mind that he will be fully exonerated. I think mean, that's that's some. That's some strong language from Jalen Carter right there. And the reason why I'm kind of fascinated with that is that is a direct denial, and it could blow up on him if, if some other facts come out that makes it very apparent that he's lying
0: about that. It could blow up in his face. Yeah, that that was way worse than what it already is. Th- there wasn't a lot of gray area area in that uh, in that denial. You know what I mean? That was that that didn't read. Maybe it was written by a lawyer, but it didn't read like something written by a lawyer. Because you know how when it, when a lawyer writes something, it's like if this is open to interpretation here and that, and that's uh, yeah. I hear what you're saying, yeah. uh, Carter. For his part went in got posted bail last night's back at the combine right now there's an arraignment hearing in his case for set for april 18th that's the latest on uh, on the stuff with jalen carter
1: yeah i just want to be clear on this when you say there is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known that i will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing i mean that is a strong statement so we'll have to see where that goes. But if suddenly there there
0: are facts that make that statement not true, that's going to hurt him. All right, we come back. We'll get back into basketball. How much was last night an eye-opening experience? If you're a Suns fan, you've heard of Kevin Durant, you've seen him play for other teams, but now you're emotionally invested and he's on your side. What was last night like? We'll get into that next. i from Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. And I mean that for you too, Wolf. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, what's up, Luke? Just walking in like you had that time perfectly. I I thought I did. Yeah, good enough. Um, So one of the things that stood out about the Suns game last night against Charlotte is I this is I, I couldn't stop thinking about it during the game i know that there's a group of Suns fans what are you doing just over there playing air guitar <laughs> that, but that right was you? air guitar that looked like air cello yeah whatever i don't know okay, what cello cello don't is. worry about it you're worry. distracting yourself yeah i am sorry air saxophone that's what it looked like nobody <laughs> plays a guitar <laughs> well, like that yes like, they do like this i don't know stop that, that was the angle uh if you were kind of like on the fence about this, if you were like, yeah, okay, I know he's good, but is it is it worth everything we gave up? We we talked to people like that. They're all over social media. Like I said, I kind of get it to a certain extent because you're giving up two of your your fan favorites that were drafted and developed here in Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges. Nobody cares about the picks, but the actual players. Did that do anything for you last night watching Kevin Durant and being like, wait a minute. His baseline is stuff that 99% of the guys in the league can't do. He's a 7-footer that just hits mid-range shots all the time. You, you, can't, you can't defend that.
1: Yeah, no, you, you can And speaking of defense as well, I'm sorry. KD, there's no doubt you can't defend it. Sometimes he's unguardable, literally. And I don't care if you are double-teaming him. Sometimes some of that mid-range stuff that he does, it's unguardable. There's no other way to say it. And because of that, um, I was surprised when I looked at the defensive end of the floor. I expect that from KD offensively. We all understand what a great offensive player he is. It was the defensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the floor, I should say, that really got my attention with Kevin Durant. And it was interesting to hear Annie say the same thing that she was surprised i asked her was there anything that really surprised her and she was talking about man the intensity level on the defensive end of the floor for the Suns was off the charts and i totally agree
0: it, it really is like you added a few players it just in the form of kevin durant so you know the risk is always in the fear if you're a Suns fan is like well okay but we condensed Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson—all these picks into one player. What if that guy can't go, and then for the first three weeks he's not playing? So I, I, I get it. And you're watching Mikel Bridges go off and put up 45 and 31. But now that you've seen him play a game, and yes, it was Charlotte, but a lot of what KD does, it's not like some other team's going to stop him yeah. from hitting those. Like that—that that is, he's been doing that his entire career. That's why when he plays, he is one of the most dangerous scorers of all time. I mean, that's just like we were talking about this in the newsroom earlier today. Like, okay, when you when you look at like the last 15 years, LeBron's the best player. He's he's you know, he's he's a top two player of all time without starting that whole debate up. Right. But man, when KD's healthy and this is not because he's on the Suns or not because of a 23 point game last night, he's capable of a lot more. But when he's been on in the last 10 years, he's the only guy that realistically you're like, man, he's he's almost LeBron and he's a better scorer, and, which is weird to say because LeBron's the all-time leading scorer. But just in terms of being a pure scorer, LeBron does everything else. He's in that group. He's and that's an absurd group to be in. He's not LeBron, but of the last 15-20 years, he's really like the only guy in the next tier that's close. Yeah. And you know, I know
1: you you want to talk KD and how great KD is and I've got no problem doing that, of course. I, I just to, to me what what happened last night Basin only is the fact that we we finally saw Kevin Durant and the impact he had on his team. I think of team last night. I really do, and the impact that Kevin Durant had on his team. I know you're talking about see, this is one of the greatest players of all time, and he's he's right up there with you know some of the greats, some of the legends of the game. And I I would totally agree with that, but. Man, it was the impact. It was seeing it way down here on the tactical level, seeing his impact on the Suns overall. I, I love the fact. I know they were playing the Charlotte Hornets. I know that they were. But for me, just to see the way they had control of this game. Um, They had control of this game from the very beginning. As a matter of fact, literally, they never trailed in this game to the Hornets. And KD was one of the big reasons why. And it wasn't just offensively, as I said. It was defensively as well. He had the highest plus-minus of any starter on the floor at plus 13. He played 27 minutes, had 23 points. And when he was on the floor, every time KD was on the floor, The Suns increased their lead against the the Hornets, and um, that to me says an awful lot about his impact on the Suns overall. To me, I can't talk about Kevin Durant and the greatness of Kevin Durant unless we put it within the context Of the Suns and how they played last night, and what kind of impact he might have on this team going forward.
0: Well, it felt like, you know, to anybody that's looking at it still skeptically, because it was Charlotte. Didn't it feel like if the Suns had to give more, they had they had it available? Totally. It was just it was like okay, we don't we don't have to run ourselves into the ground here tonight. All totally. the starters are going to play thirty three minutes except KD. It's one of the reasons why he played twenty seven minutes.
1: If you ask me, yeah. it's not like he wouldn't have played thirty one if they were playing somebody else, and the game may have been in question. Well,
0: and, and then we're all trying to spin this forward to what it's going to look like in the playoffs, and they're in the best of seven series. And as good as this team is, they're going to play a good team in the first round of the playoffs. I mean they are lined up right now to play Golden State in the first round. If last night was the end of the regular season, we'd be talking about, okay, four or five matchup with Golden State in so, the first round.
1: I'll take that. Would you take that? How about that? <laughs> what a great... Oh, my goodness. Everybody'd be all over that. Can you imagine the NBA producers? Oh, they'd lose their minds. <laughs> KD against the Warriors. I, I oh, want that series. Man. I
0: absolutely want that series. I would like it a little bit later in the playoffs because I would like the Suns to have a series to kind of get there. Their feet under them, but they, I mean, look—if it's not them, it'll probably be the Clippers in the first round. <laughs> so it's not Get your popcorn ready. It's not going to be. It's not going to be easy. By the way, extra added little uh, juice to the game against Dallas on Sunday. Dallas is like fighting to stay in the play-in tournament right now. So, anytime you want to beat them, you can push them down a little bit further. It's all, I mean, it's so bunched up. When you get past um, the top three, you've got fourth place and 11th place separated by four games.
1: Okay. Um, I haven't looked at the remaining schedule, but I think I can say with certitude, my brothers, that there isn't a game that I'd like to see the Suns beat their opponent more than the Dallas Mavericks coming up this game. Yes. Okay, if you could to pick one, one win, and, and the good news is we don't have to pick one win, Mr. Producer. We don't have to. <laughs> but if you could pick one, that would be the one right there. Beat the Mavericks. Kyrie
0: Dodgich. That's, I mean, yes. I think we all feel that way. It's it's a nationally televised game in Dallas, the team that's had (laughs) your number. And the best part is you know the players, and I know they're all going to say, well, you know, one game at a time. That's great. But you're going to tell me Devin Booker doesn't want to beat Luka. You're going to tell me Kevin Durant doesn't want to beat Kyrie. Even if those two don't you know, have a huge, like, even if those two don't have any ill will towards each other, you're going to tell me that Kevin Durant doesn't want to beat Kyrie? No. That one is... That one carries particular meaning, I think, because... And we talked to Kellen Olsen about this earlier in the show. And this is why I was so worried when his phone started to cut out. Because this is the one question i wanted to ask him for like three weeks. It looked like Dallas had figured the Suns out. It looked like they figured him out in the playoff series uh, last year, even before Game 7. And then it looked like it in the opener this year, they were up 25 at halftime. Suns came back and won that game. But the other meetings this year... Dallas won by 19, 130 to 111. Like, it looks like Dallas has the Suns. They beat them 99-95 on January 26th. It looks like they had the Suns figured out. I want to see how different that looks now with Kevin Durant out there. Not just because of talent, but because of what he can do, what he does for the entire offense. Yeah. Um, okay,
1: so do you think Katie's going to play that game? Do you think they're going to sit, Man, sit him down that no, you game? Can you that imagine? Oh. oh, my goodness. The hue and cry that would come out if they, if they said, you know, we're just going to sit him down. The whole Kyrie thing right now. and we're gonna, Can you imagine if the Dallas Mavericks had Kyrie Irving fine go ahead
0: um, they're one and four with them so maybe they yeah. need to figure something
1: out oh you went right for the jugular didn't you so yeah, hey listen they lost three of those games they're one and four. You're right. Yep. They lost three of those games on the last possession of the game. Well, you should play the full forty eight minutes. <laughs> it's not. It's not forty seven minutes and thirty seconds. Boy, I teed you up on that one, didn't I? You did.
0: And that is, I'm looking at the last nineteen games. There's some good ones. Golden State, Milwaukee, back to back. Thank you, schedule makers. Golden State in Golden State on March thirteenth, and then the next night you're at home against Giannis and the Bucks. Okay, boy, that's, that's brutal. That's tough. Uh, but that's there's only two back to backs. The other one is. Um, Sacramento and Philly March 24th and 25th there's some good games on here Denver twice still I mean that's that's one that you're like okay I want to see how the Suns now match up with the Nuggets the other part of this equation Wolf is we really haven't seen the Suns be a team yet this season you know what I mean they never had their starting line if they had it basically five times. Last night, we saw them with the starting lineup that they're going to go to the playoffs with.
1: Yeah. Finally. Yes. Um, and again, I'd like that starting lineup to actually stay the same. I, I, I get the idea you want to go ahead and buy matchup. We'll, we'll put Tory Craig in there or Josh Kogi, that fifth guy out of the floor. I... Man, I, I love what Josh Kogie brings to this team. The desperation. And I'm not saying Tory Craig. I love Tory Craig. Love Tory Craig. Love the fact he came off the bench. He was the first guy off the bench, as a matter of fact, for the Phoenix Suns last night. The first guy they went to. It makes sense. I get that. But for me, Josh Akogi, just leave him there. <laughs> just leave him there. This guy does so many things that are, are different. Than the other four guys out of the floor. There's, it's not like Devin Booker doesn't give effort base. and earnings. he does. Chris Paul gives effort, of course. KD the same thing. Da okay. Da now Da of course. I just said that Da. You know that's KD right there. You got to bring it every night, dude. Okay, good. Um, having said that, Josh Okogie is the one guy that is. He's got talent. He's got athleticism. But man, his effort level is off the charts compared to everybody else. And I'm not talking about just the
0: Suns. It's the other team as well. He's the definition right now of the coaching staff can tell him, Josh, just go out there and do what you do. Effort. You can give us four points. That's fine. Just go out there and do what you do. He probably doesn't have to score any points, honestly. Uh, NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 10th through the 12th for the United Rentals Work United 500. Fans can look forward to many new experiences and activities as the weekend kicks off a historic 2023 season at Phoenix Raceway. For your chance to experience all this, head to the contest page on com and win some tickets. When we come back... Could Kevin Durant help Devin Booker officially become legendary? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.